Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She's an outgoing teen who started keeping secrets. I did not approve of her dating him and she was too young to date in the first place. Then, one day, without warning, she's gone. She loved her whole family. She wouldn't just leave us and not say nothing. A puzzling phone call out of the blue stuns her mother. It was like, it's me and mom. I'm okay, don't worry. Was it so quick because she was being told to get off the phone? Did somebody have her? Investigators recognize a pattern with chilling ramifications. We have three young girls missing, and we're not getting an answer to where they are or what happened to them until a shocking discovery in a Cleveland home makes international headlines. At that moment, I thought, maybe it's Ashley. Spring 2007, on the near west side of Cleveland, 13-year-old Ashley Summers and her mother Jennifer are home together sharing a guilty pleasure. Scary movies, always scary movies at nighttime, me and her. I was more scared than her, of course. I always cover my eyes when you know you hear the music. I would tell her to tell me when it was over. (gasps) Ashley and her mother have always been extremely close. Like sisters, best friends, we were everywhere together. Every summer, when Jennifer can get time off work, She and Ashley join the rest of their extended family on trips to nearby amusement parks. Unlike her mother, Ashley can never get enough of the roller coasters. She was always doing something silly, and she would bring a smile to anybody's face. As her mother's firstborn, Ashley grew up surrounded by a very large web of extended family, including numerous cousins, 
more than 10 aunts and uncles, grand aunts and grand uncles, plus her grandparents. Everybody loved Ashley. She was the first baby. <laughs> because Ashley's biological father was never part of her life, her mother's family stepped in to fill the void. Our family was her life, you know? I mean, her aunts were her best friends, like sisters. I mean, she had lots of love, lots of support. I used to babysit her a lot. All my sister went to work. They used to, you know, play house, play school together. I mean, Debbie was 10, 11 years old when Ashley was born, so they used to play shopping, you know, with their cash register. When Ashley got older, her role as firstborn began to evolve. She would eventually be joined by five younger half-siblings. She's affectionate and she would help take care of the younger children as her mother had more children. When her mom was at work, she would take care of the younger ones and help out. And she was great. She's awesome with kids. She would push them down the street in a stroller and go to the park with them. She enjoyed them. They all had fun. But as Ashley closes in on her 14th birthday, her family notices changes in her. That's why she was always wanting to be gone, do stuff with her friends. In addition, according to family members, Ashley's relationship with her mother's long-term boyfriend, who has helped to raise her, has become tense. Like, you're not my dad, stuff like that. She had a little attitude to her. Yet the biggest shift in Ashley was still to come. She didn't like boys at all. Now she started liking boys and becoming a young lady. The almost 14-year-old gets a serious boyfriend, 16-year-old Jean Gill, who lives nearby. Jean says they had met in the neighborhood that spring. When Ashley tries to keep this brand new relationship a secret from her mom, it backfires. The kids told me, my kids told me, because I was at work when he'd come over. I wasn't very happy because I did not approve of her dating him. And she was too young to date in the first place, I felt. So I told her she couldn't see him. According to her mother, this disapproval only seems to intensify Ashley's feelings for Jean. I know she loved him. Soon, Jennifer says, this disagreement between them takes an unexpected turn. She took money out of my drawer, like my paycheck. I think she took money here and there. I never said nothing, but this time it was like all the money I had in my drawer. Then, the young teen comes home with a tattoo of her boyfriend Jean's name on her arm, and her mother realizes where at least some of the money went. She didn't ask her mom to get the tattoo, nothing. She just went and did it on her own. I was so mad she came home with a tattoo, so mad. Unsure how to reason with Ashley without heightening the tension over Jean, Jennifer asks her own mother, who lives about four miles away across town, for some help. The two decide it would be best if Ashley went and stayed with her grandmother for a while. It was the summertime, so she would stay over there. I just thought she would just, you know, not be bad for my mom, you know, because it's her grandma and can't be bad for grandma. Gotta listen to grandma. And there's another motive behind Jennifer's decision. It would be to keep her away from Jean. I thought that she was too far away from him, so she wasn't seeing him no more. Living under her grandmother's roof seems to help. 
Since school is out for the summer, Ashley also takes the opportunity to hang out with some other relatives with whom she's close. By mid-June, she is spending most of her time at the home of her granduncle, Kevin. That's where she'd have the most fun at, you know. She'd get bored at my mom's house because my mom worked, there'd be no one there, so. Kevin's house, you know, cousins would always be over there, so that's why she would be there more. She'd go over there and stay. I mean, all the kids love Kevin. It's better. Kevin always spoiled her to death, so whatever she wanted, he'd do it. Jennifer says that even though Ashley moves around from one relative's house to the next, she touches base with her regularly. I call and check on her daily, every, every other day. Depend if I work that day. The week after her 14th birthday, Ashley also goes to see one of her two aunts, Deborah Summers, who just moved into a new apartment in the suburbs of Cleveland. It was about the time I moved in there when she came over. While at her apartment, Ashley surprises her aunt with a request. She wanted to come live with me. You know, we watch the movies and stuff. She was talking about it, and I said, yeah, you can come move in. Just let me know. Bring your stuff over. But despite their mutual agreement, Ashley never follows up on this offer. Two weeks later, on a warm 4th of July afternoon, some of Ashley's family gathers for a celebration at her granduncle Keith's house. The event was my birthday, July 4th. And we have a party every year on my birthday. There was always a lot of family, a lot of family friends, and a lot of the kids. Ashley shows up for the party, too. Ashley! Always give you a hug. And she always say she loves you. And she's just by herself and looked a little down the dumps. Ashley is there without her mother or half-siblings. According to her hosts, that day she appears to have walked to their house from her granduncle Kevin's home, almost two miles away. I says, honey, it's hot. Do you want to get in the pool? Okay. And I gave her a T-shirt to wear. Ashley soon starts having fun with her younger cousins, and her mood appears to brighten. Happy, playing, laughing, even dancing with the rest of the kids. You know, they had a great time. I would say she was there maybe three or four hours. She ate and everything, got dried and dressed. And she came out and gave me a hug, said, I love you, I'm going to go to Chris's house. Christina Summers, Ashley's other aunt, lives just blocks away, at most a 10-minute walk. It's approximately 6 p.m. the evening of July 4th, a moment that will be replayed over and over in the minds of Ashley's loved ones in the years to come. She said her goodbye to everybody, and she turned the corner, and I'd never seen her since. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. On the evening of July 4th, 2007, 14-year-old Ashley Summers left a family party, saying she was on her way to her Aunt Christina's. But she never arrives. Her mother assumes that Ashley is staying with either her grandmother or her granduncle Kevin, who'd let Ashley stay with him for the past three weeks. Ashley had been known to spend the night at family members' homes, not come home for a couple days, and her mother was always okay with that because she just knew that she was at somebody's house. But after two days pass, without her mother Jennifer hearing from Ashley, something doesn't feel right. So she calls Kevin's house to check on her daughter. And what he tells her is concerning. He says she hadn't been over there in two days. He said, oh, no, I thought she went to your mom's house or my sister's. I'm like, that's weird because she's usually at Kevin's house the most. According to Kevin, the last time he saw Ashley was the morning before she left for his brother's 4th of July pool party. And the two of them had gotten into an argument. Kevin says Ashley was engaged in some family gossip on her phone. He disapproved and told Ashley to stop it. My family, we're so close that, of course, we argue a lot. When Ashley ignored his demand, Kevin says he got angry with her. 
he just grabbed a phone from her and broke it. As a result, Ashley's mother no longer has any way of reaching her daughter, nor can Ashley easily call her. I called around to everyone doing a circle of phone calls to find out where she was, but no one's seen her. Ashley's mother realizes it's been days since anyone in her tight-knit family has laid eyes on her 14-year-old. Ashley has fallen through their family safety net. Horrible. So we're all like, what? where is she? Like, crying, like, thinking the worst. In that area, it's a lot of prostitution. There's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of gang activity. I mean, the average age for girls that are trafficked are 14 to 17 years old. I don't know what to do at this point. This, I don't know what to do. So I went to the police station and filed her missing person report. Because of Ashley's recent battle of wills with her mother, the Cleveland Police Department thinks Ashley is a truant. The rebellious behaviors, the spending the night at family members' homes without anybody really knowing where she was. I think at first it was kind of treated as a runaway, uh, that she'll be back. You know, it'll be a few days, but Ashley will be back. She's done this before. I was like, she wouldn't run away. Like, I was trying to explain that she wouldn't run away. It's not like her to do that. She loved her whole family. She wouldn't just leave us and not say nothing. The 14-year-old has always been a heavy social media user who logs in to stay in touch with friends and family, including her boyfriend, Gene Gill. On it all day long. That's why she came to my house to use me for my computer. <laughs> as soon as she walked in the door, she sat down and played the computer. Now, Ashley has uncharacteristically vanished from her social media account. Her last seen login was July 4th. I would think a 14-year-old would have that overwhelming desire to have to get on that MySpace. I actually went on MySpace to find, look, I looked at every comment on her thing, like, to see if I can get a hold of anybody that knows anything. As far as her family can tell, Ashley hasn't reached out to a single friend or relative since then. Not even her boyfriend, Gene Gill. That summer, Gene says he and Ashley had spent almost every day together, despite her mother's attempts to keep them apart. But right before the July 4th holiday, he says he went out of town for a family reunion and was away when Ashley went missing. Ashley's worried loved ones get together to organize searches. As soon as she was, was gone 24 hours, the whole family came over. We were looking around our neighborhood, around where her aunt lives. We were on foot, we were riding bikes, we were in cars. We all go as a team, we go out there and we look. Put pictures on everybody's cars and mailboxes. Almost immediately, the flyers yield leads on possible sightings of Ashley at a number of locations across the neighborhood. People were seeing her, then I'm like, why is she just wandering around? Why isn't she coming home or contacting us? My first thought was she took off with her boyfriend because her mom didn't approve of it. No one in the family confronts her boyfriend, Gene, directly. Instead, they post some of Ashley's missing flyers near Gene's home. 
When I was putting them up, I'm like, Ashley's going to see this and come home because she's going to know I'm worried or she's going to be like, oh, I better go home or I'm going to be in trouble. Something curious then happens. The next day they were all gone. So someone went behind me and took them all down. I thought maybe Ashley and Jean were doing it. The Cleveland Police Department reaches out to Jean, who's only 16 at the time. Details of what he told them have still not been revealed by law enforcement to this day. He was interviewed more than once. Uh, so that's obviously something that didn't result in any kind of charges or any kind of answers. Ashley's best friend says when she questioned Gene about Ashley's disappearance, he always responded that he didn't know what happened to her. It's the same response Ashley's aunt says he gave her. I even messaged Gene a few times on Facebook as well. I don't know nothing. It's all we hear. I don't know nothing. According to Gene, the last time he saw Ashley was a few days before the 4th of July when he and his father dropped her off at Kevin's house. His last memory of her was watching Ashley walk inside. As weeks tick by, Ashley's mom becomes desperate to find her oldest child. So she decides to follow Jean. I would just drive around till I seen him. Some days I would see him, some days I wouldn't. One night, she observes something she considers very strange. I see him going to an abandoned house, so I called the police and had him check it out to see if Ashley might have been in there, if he, you know, she was hiding. Ashley is not in the house. Despite her suspicions about Jean's involvement, Jennifer says she never confronts him face to face. Four weeks pass with no solid leads. Then, one afternoon, while Ashley's mother Jennifer is at work, her phone rings. The call is from a blocked number. Uh, I got a private phone call. I just happened to be outside on my break. And I answered it, and it was like, it's me, Mom. I'm okay, don't worry. My heart dropped. But I couldn't say nothing because it was so fast. You know, you're like, Ashley. But she'd already hung up. I called everyone, my whole family. I was like, I think Ashley just called me, Ashley just called me. And then as I'm doing I'm like, then I start thinking, was that really her? Was that really her? Because why would she do that and not talk, you know? If it was Ashley, then was it so quick because she was being told to get off the phone? Did somebody have her? By November 2007, four months have passed since 14-year-old Ashley Summers mysteriously vanished in Cleveland. We just spent a lot of time driving around looking for her and putting posters out and nothing. No one's seen her, nothing. It was like she just went somewhere and never, never was seen again. Knowing Ashley had been head over heels in love with her boyfriend Jean Gill when she went missing, Ashley's mother says she can't believe her daughter would go anywhere without him. But according to Gene, that's exactly what happened. He says Ashley abruptly stopped communicating with him by phone and MySpace at the same time he was out of town with his family. Perhaps because her uncle had broken her cell phone. 
But Gene says when Ashley failed to reach out to him again in any way, he knew something was very wrong. The mystery deepens even further the night of November 17th. Ashley's grandfather and her step-grandmother, Linda Summers, are driving through the near west side of Cleveland when they spot someone who looks very familiar. Loring Avenue is 25 miles an hour, so you're not, like, speeding down the road. There was this girl walking down the sidewalk towards us. According to Linda, the girl is Ashley's size, about 5 foot 5 inches and 130 pounds. But what really draws her attention is her face. She's a dead ringer for Ashley. But her hair is different. We had received tips that her hair may have been cut short and dyed blonde. If those tips are true, a young woman matching that description is staring into their car. We had a silver Grand Marquis, so it's not your common, just everyday car that you see driving down the road. Her grandparents wonder if this is Ashley and if she recognizes them. By the time we turned around and got back, she had disappeared down a side street next to a gas station. The young woman is gone. It was it really her? Like, I don't know. I was sad that she was hiding from us, you know? Like, I didn't understand why she would hide from us, why she was avoiding everyone. Six months pass. By May of 2008, it's been almost a year since Ashley went missing, and her family is desperate for answers. Her disappearance finally comes to the attention of the FBI. The FBI Cleveland Division was alerted from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children about Ashley Summers missing from our area. The FBI sees Ashley's case in a disturbing new light. There have been other teenage girls, besides Ashley, who have disappeared from Cleveland. At the time, we had two other young girls that had been missing for a few years. I knew about the other woman. I didn't know that they could have, you know, I didn't think they were going to be related or anything like that. We had Amanda Berry missing since April of 2003, and then we had Gina DeJesus missing from April 2004. So here we are in 2007, and Ashley goes missing. Maybe Ashley never ran away at all, and a serial kidnapper is preying on young women in their neighborhood. What are we dealing with in this area when we have three young girls missing and we're not getting an answer to where they are or what happened to them? The similarities between Ashley and the other two missing girls are striking. They all have close ties to their families. At different times, they all attended the same school. Most important, they all disappeared from the same general area on the west side of Cleveland. We began looking at them individually and as possibly being linked. Anytime there was a lead on Ashley, we asked about Gina and Amanda. Anytime there was a lead on Amanda, we asked about Gina and Ashley. I was kind of happy that someone's going to be looking for her, but then I got more worried of what they were going to find, you know. Maybe she did leave on her own. Maybe she did initially run away. But because she's 14 years old at the time, what does she do? She has no money. 
You know, she has no food. She only has the clothes that she took with her. She's susceptible to, you know, the predators that are out there. The FBI begins at square one with Ashley's case in the hope of generating new leads. Ashley had a lot of friends that she went places with. She seemed to be a a free spirit in that she kind of was at that age where she wanted to do what she wanted to do, and no one was going to stop her. In-depth interviews are conducted with those who were close to Ashley. When a child goes missing, the first thing we look at are family and friends and acquaintances. Everyone in my family, everyone that she knew, and just people from the neighborhood that could have seen her. In particular, Ashley's older male relatives and her boyfriend, Gene, are closely questioned. They had a few of us given polygraphs. We had to go and take polygraph tests. The FBI will not discuss any of the results. That's something that obviously I can't talk about in specifics, but it is part of a normal investigation. FBI agents also scour the city of Cleveland, particularly the area where the three girls were last seen. We went door to door asking questions and uh, walking through people's houses, uh, you know, people giving us permission to just walk through and look in their properties. We canvassed that whole area for sex offenders, for, for people with any kind of criminal history. Yet neither the interviews nor the searches yield information leading to Ashley or the two other missing young women. The phone call Ashley's mother received from someone she thought was her daughter is also scrutinized by the FBI. Trying to trace the call, they pull phone records and ask Ashley's mother to pinpoint when it happened. I got the uh, telephone number list from my phone, but at that point, I've been so long, I couldn't remember what day it was, so it was kind of hard to narrow down. We just don't know if that was her or not, uh, but it gives you hope that maybe it was. Ashley's mother is still haunted by the memory of her last moment with her daughter about a week before she went missing. Last time I seen her would have been my sister Christina's house. I'm like, I wish I would have known if I hugged her or... Almost five years pass. Then, in the spring of 2013, there's a stunning turn of events in the FBI's investigation to find the three girls who disappeared from Cleveland, including Ashley. What has happened in Cleveland over the last day and a half is so plainly amazing, we almost do not have words for it on TV. May 6, 2013. A next-door neighbor notices something odd at 2207 Seymour Avenue. I hear this girl screaming, and she going nuts. So I look, I come outside, and I know there's nobody that's supposed to be screaming next door to my house because there's no girl that lives in that house. So that's a dead giveaway to something wrong. She said, my name is Amanda Berry. Please get me out this house. Police, fire, ambulance. I'm the police. Okay, and what's going on there? I've been kidnapped and I've been missing for 10 years and I'm, I'm here, I'm free now. More remarkable, Barry tells police there are two other women still trapped inside the house. One is Gina DeJesus, 
who's been missing for nine years. Gina and Amanda have been found. They're alive. And chills went through my body because nobody had to say their last name. Everybody knew who Gina and Amanda was. There's a third person, and we didn't know who that third person was. Inside 2207 Seymour, the young women have been living in a hellish nightmare of physical, sexual, and psychological abuse at the hands of 52-year-old Ariel Castro. The former school bus driver is quickly taken into police custody. Once we heard that there was three women missing for 10 years found in Ariel Castro's home, that gave us hope. I called Jennifer. I told Jennifer, hey, three teenagers were found in a house. I don't know all their names. Ashley's mother, Jennifer, is astonished by the unfolding story. I was actually watching the news and I was like, oh my goodness, these girls have been found. And then the third one, I thought at that moment was Ashley. So I didn't know what to do. I'm like, should I go to the hospital? Should I do this? We're getting ready for them to call me and be like, we found Ashley. May 2013. Following one of the most shocking headlines in Cleveland history, the Summers family prays that the third girl rescued from Ariel Castro's house is their beloved Ashley. Hours after Amanda Berry's miraculous escape, authorities announced the identity of his third victim. The captivity and the kidnapping of Amanda Berry, Gina DeJesus, and Michelle Knight. There was a girl, Michelle Knight, that the FBI didn't know about. She was an adult when she went missing, and uh, I don't believe a missing persons report had really actually ever been filled out for her. Michelle had been kidnapped by Castro in August 2002, before Amanda and Gina. She'd been held captive, the longest of all three women, almost 11 years. I can only imagine what Ashley's mom was going through for that split second of thinking that third person was Ashley, you know, and then to find out that it wasn't. I got a new sense of hope out of it all, though, because, I mean, it's a great thing that, you know, them three ladies were found. I'm just waiting for my turn now. Although Ashley was not found in Castro's home, the FBI and Cleveland police investigate whether he might have somehow been involved in her disappearance. They found those girls over in Seymour, and the last time Ashley was seen was at our place on Woodbridge, between 41st and 44th. And it's not very far from that area. In fact, Castro's home was only a mile and a half away from Keith's 4th of July pool party. Castro was asked about Ashley. There was nothing that indicated Ashley was there. There was nothing indicating that Castro had any interactions with Ashley. Amanda, Jean, and Michelle never knew of another uh, female being held captive or being brought to the house besides them. Even though the FBI finds no connection to Ashley's case, unconfirmed stories still make their way back to Ashley's family. 
There was a rumor that in the basement of Castro's house, it had R.I.P. Ashley. Somebody came in and said, somebody found Ashley's initials in somebody's basement, and they said she's dead. And my sister just fell right to her knees, and we all started crying. It was horrible. That was just people in the neighborhood making up things. Obviously, our evidence response team processed that scene, processed every little centimeter of that house, uh, and there was nothing like that. In July of 2013, Ariel Castro pleads guilty to 937 criminal charges, including multiple counts of kidnapping and rape, and two counts of aggravated murder, for violently terminating the pregnancies of Michelle Knight while holding her captive. Castro sentenced to life in prison, plus 1,000 years. In September, while awaiting his reassignment to prison, Castro hangs himself. He'd been in custody less than four months. According to investigators, Lessons learned from the joyful return of Amanda, Gina, and Michelle changed some assumptions about Ashley's case. Amanda and Gina knew the daughters of Ariel Castro, which was why they were willing to get in his vehicle. It just makes you think all that stranger danger is a good warning, but there needs to be an additional warning in there too, uh, because a lot of those predators you possibly may know. So we may be looking for Ashley, who willingly went with someone. In the summer of 2012, a year before the three young women were discovered, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children had released an age-progressed image of Ashley created by forensic artists. The image approximates what Ashley might look like as the 18-year-old she now would be. We don't have anything that indicates that she's not out there. Uh, so we take every opportunity that we can to get her name and picture out anywhere we can. Ashley's mother, Jennifer, had high hopes for her daughter's 18th birthday. I thought her 18th birthday, she's going to come home. She's an adult now. She missed so much. She missed all of high school. They get to graduate, even. But the big day comes and goes with no word from Ashley. It's not until January 2015, seven and a half years after she disappeared, that there's finally another glimmer of hope in Ashley's case. I reached out to Linda. I said, Linda, I think you really need to look into this. This girl looks just like Ashley. City Councilman Angel Arroyo was alerted to this image on Rhode Island's Most Wanted website. I immediately thought it was Ashley. Yeah, and it looked just like her. Linda sent me the link, and a couple other, other people actually sent me the same link. It was absolutely amazing, and I think when we all saw it, it was like, holy cow, is this her? In January 2015, seven and a half long years after 14-year-old Ashley Summers disappeared in Cleveland, the FBI finally has a strong lead in her case. 
It was a great face shot of a young lady looking straight into the ATM camera from her car and a young man with her. It was a striking resemblance to Ashley. Could the photo be proof that Ashley, who would now be 21, is alive and well? Things had gone cold, and at that point, it gave us like a renewed sense of hope. Rhode Island police suspect the camera had captured the young woman attempting to commit identity theft. They didn't know who this young lady was, and they were asking the public for assistance. The FBI begins a far-reaching media push to try to locate the woman in the Rhode Island ATM photo, wherever she may be. We put her up on the billboards, up and down the East Coast. Media outlets all over the country started picking up on this, is this Ashley Summers? As a result, Ashley's case gets more exposure than ever before. In March of 2015, the Dr. Phil Show asks facial recognition experts to weigh in. We can list some of the similarities that, uh, that, that you pointed to, the heart-shaped face, forehead, eye-width, corner-to-corner expression. There's like an 80% facial recognition between this girl in the picture and Ashley. They thought it 80% looked like Ashley. At the same time, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children releases a video aimed at alerting tattoo artists to Ashley's case. No longer a child, she may have decided to change the Jean tattoo on her right arm. She had that tattoo of her boyfriend's name on her arm with a heart. You know, does she still have that? Did she get it changed to something else? That's very distinctive. By now, the namesake in Ashley's tattoo, Jean Gill, has been in and out of jail and prison for a number of offenses, including robbery and drug possession, beginning 14 months after Ashley vanished. According to Jean, Ashley's disappearance and the subsequent investigation triggered emotional difficulties for him. To this day, Jean maintains he has no idea why Ashley went missing or what happened to her. In July 2015, thanks to their nationwide campaign, the FBI finally learns the identity of the woman captured in the ATM photo. She was identified, and unfortunately, it wasn't Ashley. That was upsetting. We were really hoping that that would be like the break, that we would be able to find her that way. The media campaign around the ATM photo elicits a response from the family of the woman in the picture. Her parents actually called uh, her parents and an attorney. Uh, She was known to engage in criminal behavior. She had done things before. They weren't in immediate contact with her, but they immediately recognized her. It's yet another dead end for Ashley's family. Although some of them confess that deep down, they were never completely convinced of the resemblance. I'd like to think if I seen a picture of her, I'd know instantly, and I didn't feel that way when I seen this picture. I think she looked a lot older. Two years later, in July 2017, Ashley's family marks a painful anniversary. Their 10th year without the fun-loving girl who owned their hearts. I never thought that day, you know, that would lead to this day. You know, no, nothing from her still. 
the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, releases yet another age-progressed image of Ashley. She would now be 24. It helps keep hope alive that someone, somewhere, could recognize her. And she might be returned to her family, much like Amanda Berry, Gina DeJesus, and Michelle Knight. Ten years later, she could be anywhere. And that's what we try to hold on to. Amanda and Gina survived that and are now leading great lives. We're all here for her no matter what. Don't be scared. Family loves you. It's a feeling shared by Ashley's little sister, Vicki Summers. I'm Victoria Summers, and I'm making this video for my older sister, Ashley, who was a missing child and has been gone since July 7, 2007. When they were young, Vicki shared a bedroom with Ashley. In this video, she takes a moment to reintroduce some siblings. Do you remember me? I'm Jenna. How about me? I'm Julia. Ashley, I'm Tina, says the five-year-old. Ashley has never met. We miss and love you, Ashley. Come home. Like her oldest child, Ashley's mom, Jennifer, now has her own distinctive tattoo, a portrait of the daughter she hopes to see again. She's just still with me every day. I think about all the what-ifs, but I try not to put my mind there and just, you know, look for the positive. Maybe she was in a bad situation and, and now she's scared to come home, or maybe she still can't. But if this word can reach anybody that has any information on what happened to Ashley, that's obviously what we're trying to do. With Ashley, it's like you're building the biggest puzzle you ever built. And you're like, yes, I'm almost done. I have a few more pieces, but you can't find that last piece. It's time to come home, Ashley. So. I love you. If you have any information about Ashley Summers or her disappearance, you can confidentially contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 800 843 5678. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.